This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Tigers, tigers burning bright, on hallowed turf a glorious sight. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? Now then, guys, um, welcome back to the next episode of To Hull and Back Podcast. Uh, I'm here again with Will. Now then, Will, are you all right? I am fine. Good. Um, we've just had our um, first 100, 100 listen episode, actually. Yeah, shared it about earlier. Um, whoop. Our most re well, our last episode um, is on 103 players so far, and I think it took us over 800. Listens as total as a podcast. So, um, to anyone who, who takes time out of the day to listen to us to get us to this point, we do thank you. Uh, it makes it worthwhile, I suppose, uh, other than just, just blabbing to ourselves for no reason. Um, <laughs> before we start, I'll give a shout out as well. We've got obviously our podcast sponsors, uh, the Beef Factory, uh, which I've rejoined actually. Um, so that'll be interesting to have a, have a few dabbles on um, in the podcast. Sometimes when we get Matt and Rich back on at some point and talk about how it's going. Uh, I'm starting from the bottom and working my way up. So I'm in the bottom league. I'm going to do like a road to glory all the way to the um, to the top league, see how quickly I can do it. Um, so it started well. We're doing a pre-season tournament. I've won both the games, so we're, so we're on fire. Um, but for anyone who still isn't fully in tune with what FIFA Factory is, they are a 90s overall online friendlies-based FIFA uh, league that's ran on Facebook by Matt Phillip and Rich Anderson. Uh, it's a great set of lads. It's so easy to get uh, part of. You literally just get in touch with them. You do your first season for free. You're in a messenger group with the rest of the lads in your league and you just organise playing each other when and if you're ready or available. Uh, your second season and any season after that is just £5 and that's basically just to make it worthwhile for Rich and Matt to continue doing what they do because they put a lot of graft into keeping those leagues afloat. And there's a lot of admin involved. You know, you can imagine there's quite there's, there's over 90 players, I think, on the Xbox League. And then they've got the PlayStation as well. So you've got to keep up to date with your, your league tables, your systems, your cups and everything they do and the giveaways. So it's a busy, busy little community, but it's one to get a part of, definitely. Um, obviously, we are 
content partners of Fan Hub. Uh, if you haven't seen already on Twitter, we um, an app that's that's aiming to reward fans for their for their loyalty and following the club rather than being on a big monetized corporation app that sort of takes advantage of you. You know, you've got score predictions, leaderboards, fan scores and stuff, and they're, and they're looking to improve all the time. You will see us post our leaderboards and, and team predictions quite a bit. Um, I messed up on my fan up actually this week. Will, how did you do? Well, because for some reason Regan Slater was playing, um, I don't <laughs> think anyone, I think in the entire City base, would have got 11 out of 11. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite a surprise inclusion. Well, to be fair, nobody could predict better getting injured just before, could they? But I, I messed up royally because um, I was sitting nicely in the top four for the entire duration of me being on fan up, and I forgot to I forgot to check in before the game. So when, we, <laughs> when I when I when I when I came on after after the match, uh, put me up on, and it was like your fan score has been updated, and I thought, oh crap! And yeah, I looked and I hadn't done it, so I've dropped all the way down to twelfth. Luke from Tigers Blah is going above me. That's not going to last long. I'll tell you that now. I'll be back up there. Hey, I think you're actually sat quite high, aren't you, Will? Are you about the, sixth or something? The man you're talking to right now is is higher than you as well. So don't. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not bothered about you. What well, you shouldn't be bothered anyway. You've got your fucking free share and beer. <laughs> we've got beer, Will. We've got beer. We uh, the we've we've got over a hundred fans now. Uh, Hull City fans on Fan Hub. So if you do want to to join in the fun and do some, you know, score predictions and and read the fan content section that's got us, uh, Tigers, Tigers, blah, blah, blah. It's just added the uh, the third tier podcast on as well. You've got pre and post-match reports from Vavil. Uh, so there's a lot of content on there for you to read that, that that's all about City and we're happy to be part of that. Um, we'd like you to join too, so keep your eyes out for some queue jump codes because I think the queues are nearly a thousand people. So you want to be skipping that if you can. Um, so without further ado then um, we've got the Shrewsbury game and we've got yesterday's Gillingham match to speak about Will so um, not necessarily a negative podcast but probably not as positive as most uh, some of our last ones where we've been winning for fun it's Um, not going to be exciting I would say that no yeah well we we can only uh strive to to describe what we can from from what we had we will try our best so um i will leave you in the capable hands of will give us a summary of shrewsbury it was a bit boring um it was it was a very 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 it was kind of a very dour game it was there was nothing really in it it was very similar it was kind of similar to our last meeting with them and when we lost to be honest only we managed to get something from it this time around yeah, I mean, we all knew what we was, what we was going to get with them, didn't we? They're, they're, a, they're a big, physical, aggressive team. They were going to cause us issues. They were going to press high. They were going to strangle holders in the middle. And that's exactly what they did. Um, it's all about resolve and, and adaptability to get around it and get results, I suppose. And we didn't manage it. Again, one point from two games against Shrewsbury probably isn't great in the grand scheme of things. But to be fair, they have turned a corner under Cottrell, haven't they? They're, they're, they're a completely different team than the, what they was under. They've done well against the teams up there. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose there's that, you know, teams, when, when, when they come into play, the side's up at the top and they've got no pressure on them. They can sort of, they can really try and just enjoy themselves and make our day a bit more difficult just by throwing, you know, a few hard challenges here and there and nervous about because 
you know, at the end of the day, as we know, when we've been that, you know, the side that's been lingering near the bottom of the Premier League, for example, and you come up against the big boys, you you, you don't want to see your team just sort of sit back, roll over and have the belly to tickle, do you? you want them to get stuck in? And in this league, I think every side, every side down there near the bottom does fair play. Um, was, was there a, could you pinpoint a particular part of the, the match where we really struggled to make, I don't know, some sort of um, indent into their defence, um, where were we lacking in, a, in an attacking sense, I suppose, is what I'm asking. Yeah, I, think, I thought we was, we've been quiet for a while when we've been, for the last couple of games, ever since we've had the winning run, but the team either has, they're either great up front or they're very non-existent up front, I feel. And that Shillingbury game was a game which was kind of an example of that. Yeah. I mean, you've got your likes. I mean, we, we've we got the likes of um, KLP and, and, and Wilkes, who have, Wilkes especially, of late, especially before the, the Shrewsbury game, was was in a rich vein of form. Um, and he's actually going to be my probably area to improve in that game. I thought Wilkes... I think we've mentioned before in the in the big physical games where I probably couldn't name you one phase of play where you thought, nah, Wilkes has done well there. He, he, he didn't do anything bad, but he didn't... He just didn't do anything, he didn't do anything, really. He was just on the pitch. Yeah, he was just mediocre. It just he didn't look like he wanted to to, to get stuck in, um, and and it's a shame really because you know he's looking like the kind of player who just plays in in purple patches of form. He doesn't, you know, continue. He has like five or six games where he's on fire and then turns back to being a passenger again. And and we don't need that in this in this running. I don't think. Um, do you agree there or? Yeah, I completely agree. He he's he blows so hot. And curled, it's it's it is getting to a point where he's a complete liability when he plays curled. Like he doesn't offer anything to the side at all. It's like playing with ten men at times. Yeah, and it 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 can be a real real issue going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think with 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 the kind of side that Shrewsbury are, um, where they're going to look to try and stay regimented and stuff. The a kind of player like Wilkes who. Single-handedly, has the, the the technical ability to to sort of work wonders, and and if you can hear my puck, I do apologise. She's she's decided to join in, <laughs> um, but he he does um, have the ability to to single-handedly win you the game, and it's a shame when he spends ninety minutes, um, I guess, just sort of pacing himself about the pitch and not really doing anything because uh, you can't fault the effort of the likes of KLP, for example. Um, Honeyman again was great. I thought Dockett was brilliant again. Um, Alfie Jones uh, earns that defensive midfield role. Uh, the balance of the team, I think, was was great again. But your usual, I think, mid-season issues we had where we just can't put games to bed. We can't score more than one goal against teams like this is, is really going to, I think, hinder us, as shown, again, when we get on to, to yeah. yesterday's game. I think I think the Shrewsbury game was a game of it felt like there was very few chances to be honest. Um, I mean, I had a look at the stats. We had ten shots. Our only one on target was the girl by Doherty, and we didn't really have many great chances apart from that. And of course, Shrewsbury got a bit lucky because the, their goal itself was it was a good free kick, but it hit the bar and was going away, and it just unlucky for Ingram for it to come back off of him and go in. 
Yeah, there were the the when we went one nil down, I did fear that we weren't going to get back in. I felt like it was going to be one of them games where it was going to be like the old Shrewsbury game. We, yeah, where where we struggled to create chances, they go one nil up, protect it for the rest of the game. Us just sort of keep kicking the ball against a brick wall for ninety minutes. Um, when that did go in, I did fear for the worst. I think um, it was a well taken goal by Doc to bring us back into it. But yeah, it was. I mean, to be fair, credit to to Shrewsbury. I thought they were a good side. I thought they were set up well. Um, In a way. Especially, they, 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 they did strangle hold our midfield and, and limit us, because especially with Honeyman, um, they identified him as the, the problem maker, and I think they marked him quite well. I think there was only really a phase later on in the second half where he really came to fruition and, and, and reached the, the heights that we've become accustomed to him doing. Who would have been your um, place to improve then, Will, if there was one for you? Oh, area of the game probably up front and that's that Shrewsbury game I don't think any of them really had a good game at all they were all pretty much non-existent Wilkes Potter and White and which is a shame because they had such good form going into that game and it was just a complete opposite of what they've been doing though Wilkes at the end of that winning run had sort of cooled off a bit anyway he's cooled off a little bit in even when we were playing well which is concerning Do you believe that the absence of McGuinness was probably the reason why we struggled in the majority of the Shrewsbury game? I think it was a massive impact, definitely. Um, when you're playing against physical sides, you need, I think you need someone to match that physicality. And no offence to Keen Lewis, Potter, Gavin White or Malik Wilts, calling them physical is not one of the things I would say about any three of them. No. I mean, they're, they're versatile and they can all play basically in each other's positions, crossing from free, which is good. But sometimes tactically against these more physical teams, um, you do need to switch it up. And obviously it's difficult to um, drop players who probably don't justify being dropped. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, like you're supposed to select your best 11 based on... The white. It's like he realised, I think, yeah. quite early on that he'd maybe cocked up. And we were much better in the second half for we him. Were. Um, like nothing against White. He didn't necessarily play bad. It was just like we say, in, in terms of right game. how how we're to be yeah, to get a result in that particular game that needed to happen. Um we all knew McGuinness was gonna be key, I think, at some point in the game. So yeah, the the halftime inclusion was a was a good choice based on how the game was going. I do want to shout out to that that player who scored their goal. What was he called? Og, Og Bear. He's some um, player, to be fair. I think he's on loan from Man City. Isn't he? he was he was dangerous all afternoon. I, I did think he caused us quite a few problems. I don't. I think he'll be um, probably on loan at a Championship side or something. Yeah, they signed him. He was he's a Man U youth, so Man City youth, but he actually is a Shrewsbury player. Just chat. oh, so he's not on loan. No, just chat now. That's interesting. We should sign him in summer. He's, he's got <laughs> one goal for them according to this. Fuck's sake. Yeah, but it would have been ours. No, that was Ingram own goal. Yeah, because yeah, he wasn't going in. If Ingram, if Ingram didn't do that dive, that it don't come off the post to him and go it into it. It would have gone back into the middle, wouldn't it? Um, so, with that then, I don't think we've actually named a... Who was your man of the match? 
Oh, for Shrewsbury. Jesus. Because uh, um, it wasn't the greatest game. Maybe maybe McGinnis, quite honestly, just because he changed it a bit more up front, even though he didn't do much. Um, yeah. I think Ingram had a good game. He was very unlucky with the goal. I mean, the defence in general worked well, but didn't really do went like fantastic. And I think I don't think I can say any of the midfield or the attack were the best players on the team. Yeah. I thought usual usual suspects are, you know, Honeyman Docky, usually Wilkes. Um I don't think any of them. Maybe Docky <laughs> just because, you know, he scored the goal. He did yeah. he did um he grew into he, the game he did, quite he a bit did. Yeah he got better as the game went on. Um Honeyman was unusually quiet. Wilkes was an absolute passenger. Um, McGinnis is a good shout just for the impact that he had when he brought on and how mm. much better we looked in an attacking sense. Um, I I personally thought Elder had a really good game. Um, yeah, I thought it was all right. Like I said, I think all the defence was kind of solid, but no one yeah. really like pulled up any trees. No. I mean, it's a tough game to do. So when it was, you know, it was a kind of get your hands dirty. Um get stuck in kind of game and I don't think we've got a lot of players that'll do that uh, yeah so I'm going to struggle I don't know if I'd say <coughs> I don't know if I'd say Elder was man of the match I'd probably say Alfie Jones I thought he was very important in the role that he had throughout that game to sort of ship ship the back four into the line and break up whatever threat they had in front of the back four and, and try and help us push on I thought he was alright mm-hmm. It is hard to pick a man of the match in that game, to be fair. Um, do you think it was a bad point then? Is it a good point? Is it two points dropped or is it a good, would you have taken a draw before the game? I think it, it, you've got to look at it based on... I think in, in this grand scheme of things, because everyone else dropped points, it ended up not being a negative in the grand scheme, but it was an opportunity because it lower league opposition to increase the gap that wasn't taken. Um, yeah. I think if you'd asked me for the game, I'd have probably been a bit upset with a point, but I wouldn't have considered it the end of the world, considering we we lost to them out there in the season and they looked decent back then. Yeah. We we need to be aiming for wins. Uh the fact that we won five on the bounce then had like a, a run of games where it was like mid table sides or below. You 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 do want to be looking at winning these games, but when you take into account like how the opposition play, what our Achilles heel tends to be. Um, away from home as well against the side that that had already beaten us. Um, I don't think I'd have necessarily took a point before the game, but I'm not displeased that we've got it. I'm yeah. not going to pretend that a point was a really good thing to have by more than, I'm more than happy to take that point. Um, to not lose, I think, at this stage of the season, to just keep adding points to your tally, yeah. you know, not not decrease your goal difference, which is, um, well, it was superior before Peter replayed yesterday. Um, <laughs> well, that's it, the thing. We we didn't lose. We came from behind to get the point, which I think is a positive because we could have easily yeah. dropped heads and just lost all three points, and it gave a, and would have been a point worse off than the rest of the team. Yeah, and it's. it's it's the kind of game where it was it was a very ugly game and we came away with something, which is good. And you could use that as the base, which would then take us into um, what was kind of another banana skin game here at the KCOM against Gillingham. 
Um, yeah. Be honest, before this game, Will, what was your score prediction? What was you expecting from this game? Funnily enough, my score prediction was one all. Um, but after the game, I was upset with one all, even though I predicted it. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, I went on. Um, I appeared on Jill's Jill's in the Blood podcast, uh, the YouTube channel, and the Parthrex. What we saw of them, you know, they were in good form. They they scored three quite a few times yeah. lately. They were taking points off teams that. They were up here at the top end. They drew to Donny last time out. They were 2-0 up inside four minutes, I think, against Donny. So they were a dangerous team. And it's Steve Evans. So you know exactly what you're going to get Wanker. with that kind of side. It's another... Yeah, it's another... Yeah, he's not a very nice guy. But what he does is effective. And what, you know, he gets the best out of the side that he's got, which I think is sometimes my criticism with McCann is that he sometimes yeah. doesn't play the system that suits his personnel. Now, Evans has gone to a club that's, you know, the size of Gillingham. Um, pushing up towards the playoffs is quite a, it's quite an achievement from this year, considering how they started. They were, they were quite poor. They've, re- they've really turned it round. And we knew they were going to be in your faces. It was going to be another another case of we're at home, so the other team's going to come sit back. Frustrators try and uh, grab a goal and hold it off. Um, I predicted 2-1. I thought we had more than enough in us to win the game. And then I remembered that we didn't have McGuinness and White. They were busy facing the Italians. Yeah, and then I re- suddenly realised that it was probably going to be a lot harder than than all of us expected. That was because I think some of us sometimes... Yeah, I mean, what would be your summary of the game then? I'll let you go first again. Torturous. Uh, <laughs> it was... It was one of those games. It feels like you feel like a broken record when you're saying the same things over and over. But the same, it's not happened for a while, to be fair. But it was a case of us taking the lead, having plenty of guilt edge chances, not taking those chances, and not winning the game. And yeah, it happens. I know it's happened for a while, but it's happened way too often this season for a team that's got to go on. Yeah. I was thinking about it um, earlier on today. We are the second highest scorers in the league. And when you look at the majority of our games and how wasteful we've been, it's amazing to think how many more goals we would have. It's, it's ridiculous. And how, much, how, how far clear we'd be at the top if we even put half of those chances away. Yeah, um, it's, it, sounds like a really, it sounds like a really crappy thing to complain about, that we haven't scored enough goals but we're the second-highest yeah, scorers in the division. Scorers, yeah. But the pro- it's just some of those games, I'm not saying we should have scored like four or five every game, all those games, but they, we just don't kill the games off when we give teams a chance to come back into it. I think this game was an example of we did have maybe four or five chances that would probably... You've got to put away at least two of them. Yeah. I mean, one very the less said about Jacob Greaves' head the better. Well, if that goes in, we win it. Simple as that. I think that goes yeah. in, we do win it. I mean, Eve's had a couple of chances. KLP had a couple of good chances. Jacob Groove's had what? <laughs> it's, it's a goal. It should be a goal. It's, it's, it's absolutely up. Hitting the bar is the yeah. hardest thing to do there. I genuinely think he's cursed. <laughs> he's, he after McGinnis got to claim his last one, I think he's cursed. He will become our all-time appearance maker or something. They'll get like 700 caps for City and he'll never score. 
I think the grand scheme of that game, I thought we looked okay. I thought we looked like we'd rise to the challenge a bit. We looked quite happy to get stuck in. I think the fact that Burke had to miss out through injury and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks was a pre-match concern um, because, you know, we've not seen too much from Slater to suggest that he's more than able to fill in that that CDM role that that Smallwood and Jones had been doing so well. I'm not Slater's biggest fan. Um, I I would have, considering those people like Callum Jones on the bench, I would have maybe given them a chance of a Slater. But to be fair, Slater didn't have a bad game. He he was okay, I thought, to be fair to him. Yeah, no, I thought, yeah, I was going to say, given the the concern pre-match about Slater starting and Jones dropping into centre-back, I mean, even me included, I thought that Slater doesn't have the physicality or the sort of positional awareness that Jones has where he cuts up so many passes in them uh, passing lanes on the outside of our back four. But credit to him, I thought he was probably one of our best players. Um, yeah, I thought you were good. You know, he, 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 they, they targeted him almost instantly when they realised that their, their big centre forward could just hang off him and they could play a long ball. He's going to win that every single time against Slater, unfortunately. But yeah. In terms of his work, when they were passing it on the floor around our box, he did cut up quite a lot. He looked composed on the ball. I thought um, some of the things that I've personally had issues with him in the past is he's been quite sloppy in possession. He's, he's not been quick enough to get rid of the ball. I think there's only one time in the game where he got dispossessed on the edge of the box. But other than that, I thought he had a very good game. So I thought I'd, I'd, we, it's, it was important to get that in first that... Fair play to the lad, you know, he's probably come under quite a lot of stick lately, but he did have a good game, yeah. Um, game for us. Oh, yeah, hands down. Could you put it down to the fact that he's just not really played that much? Is it, it is be. it genuinely just his ability as a player or is it just because he's not got a run inside? It, it could be that, but he's had a couple of he had a couple of spells when he's played relatively regularly, I just I would say. But I think other players who've played as often as him, like Callum Jones, I think when players like them have played as often as him, in fact, maybe even less, I think they've shown more. Yeah. I also thought that another player who started in the form of Tom Eaves. Oh, Tom Eaves. Well, He could have had a couple more goals than what he had, yes. But in terms of his grand performance in, in terms of his energy, his, his running about, his willingness to get make himself available to get into the box. He, I thought he had a very good game. Um, oh, Radio Humberside must have been seething with, or the callers anyway, uh, to Radio Humberside must have been seething that he scored because yeah, they, they, they're, probably, give... they're probably still complaining. I didn't listen to it. They're probably still complaining. Um, yeah, they, yeah I, I, thought... I, I tend not to listen to the, the yeah. text to... I thought the first half he was superb, but I did think in the second half he did cool off a bit. Yeah, I mean, he was... My only qualm with with Eves is that he... I think they picked up on it on the um, commentary team as well, is that he runs he runs onto the wings, and I can't understand why. He's a big... Yeah, he's, what is he, six, six or six, seven? And he just... He, he always... I mean, it's... In some ways, it's admirable that he wants to run about and make himself available and run the channels, but he's a big guy and he's not that fast. 
his been strength in the is being in the box and winning headers. So, well, yeah, his goal came from that, across in the box, and he heads it in. Yeah, I mean, a good, good ball by like, Wilkes as well. To be fair, nice big flurry across. He faced it in. To be fair, he didn't really head it in. He, fa- he hit it in with his face. Yeah, it took an age to go in. I did think it was going wide for a bit, and then it sort of somehow went in about five minutes later. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that he had a good game because. <sighs> I mean, we've said this a few times where he's come away from a game with a goal and we're like, oh, we hope he kicks on now and that gets him a, a run of form where he, you know, grabs a couple of goals. But it's just not happened for him yet. So maybe this time is is, is the time where he really takes that opportunity. Because does McGinnis miss another game? He doesn't, does he? No, it is still in game he should... Ten- I mean, we play Crew on Friday and they play on Wednesday, um, Italy, uh, Italy, Ireland. I don't know who they're playing to be honest, in the game. But I do know the play on the Wednesday and then we play on the Friday. So he might not be, like, ready to start. But um, I think he'll be back in the squad, definitely. So, with their goal, which tended to just be a lapse of concentration, set piece, flick A lot on. of people were saying there was a foul in there, and I can see what people are saying, but it would have been so been hard. Yeah. If we'd have... If we'd have scored that goal and we'd got chopped off for a foul in the box, I think we'd have all complained. It was yeah. one of them. You can see either way. Um, but like you said, our ability to forever miss chances throughout the entire game came back to bite us on the ass in the end of the day. Um, KLP had two good chances. I think even that. I think the header especially should have gone in. Yeah. Um, Doherty having that chance from the well worked corner routine. He just blazed yeah. over. You think someone who scored, who's become a decent scorer for us recently, would at least get that on target? Christ. Yeah, it's just become our tradition now. Is where we just have chance after chance after chance, and just just don't really put them away. Either. And then I mean, maybe it's just down to the fact that you know that we've got quite a young side. We shouldn't really be relying on our midfielders to score goals, but um, KLP and Wilkes, for example, the they're still relatively young and they're going to go through bats of form and, and confidence drops and stuff. But KLP, I didn't think, looked like he'd had any sort of confidence drop. It was just, I don't know, maybe a case of he's too eager and he's not really focusing on where he's putting the ball. Um, Wilkes, I thought, was non-existent again. I thought he was probably, other than the assist that he did for Eves. That was all he did. He did, yeah, he did absolutely nothing. Um just it's so frustrating because he's so good. He's on 20 goals, and it's like he's just content to stay on that number. I do the last two games, he's just been completely disinterested. I would have liked to have seen Wilkes come off for um Salam. Yeah, I really want to see Salam come on. I thought the sub, I thought the sub that he made was confusing. I thought, why, why, why well, did Eves, who I thought was playing very well and was a threat, come off for, for James Scott? When he only left? made. He has five subs and he only made two. And the, well, the first one was in the 79th minute. His subs, so I think, one week he can make and, and it was thinking, a weird choice. Especially when they equalised, you'd have thought, push on to try and get a winner to, since we needed to. You'd have thought, and he brought on James Scott, who didn't didn't really do much. He was energetic, but he didn't really yeah. get much to do, to be fair, either as well. Yeah, it's, it's important. I, I will say Scott didn't really do anything wrong when he came on either. No, he didn't. It really was, was energetic, but he didn't really have. He didn't really get much to do. To be fair, it was just the actual sub that was made. You know, you've got a lad who's just banged in a hat trick for for the for the younger side. 
Fantastic just signed a new contract. deal. Confidence probably flying. Another whole born lad. Um, I'm giving him an appearance at least. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is Eves was playing well, so why are you taking Eves off? Um, when you've got in the second half, I think Eves had had kind of gone off the boil a little bit in the second half, and I can understand making a change. But I think that being got... the only change was questionable. Yeah, Wilkes, Wilkes needed to come off for me. Potentially, I don't know what other subs would you have made though, because Honeyman I thought had a. He, Honeyman was my man of the match. I thought he was absolutely everywhere. Yeah, he was brilliant. I agree with that. And um, I thought Honeyman, he was involved in everything. He created pretty much all the chances that we knackered up. Um, he 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 himself had a really good game. It's just on another day, he would have had like maybe a hat trick of assists. Yeah. Coyle also had a very good game, I thought. Yeah. So we said Slate. I thought uh, Dr. T was a bit iffy today. He was a bit quiet. Yeah. Yeah, I was going. I thought that when I was watching the game that he's not had a bad game, Docky, but by his usual standards, he was not as good as he's been, which yeah. I don't think and is I really good. As well, Jones is so much better in the midfield than in defence. I thought he was okay, but he's just he, he contributes so much more when he's playing in that deep line midfield role. Yeah, oh yeah, he's far better in the CDM role. The Gillingham fans I've spoken to can't understand why our commentary team believed that he played um, the majority of his Gillingham career as a centre-back when that's not true. He actually played the same role he's I been mean, playing for us. Then. To be fair, I follow his commentary on most, for most teams this season. I wouldn't exactly call the most professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, to me, it sounds like that CDM role is is, is where he prefers to play. Um, I mean, he has, he does do very... To be fair, I think City's commentary is actually one of the few that's actually quite good. Some of them are yeah. horrendous. Some of them yeah, are so bad. Who would who would be your man of the match then, Will? Is it Honeyman? Honeyman, yeah. Um, well, another shout out as well, I think, to Ingram as well. I thought Ingram had another good game. Um, could do now about the goal, but when he when he was actually called into action, he I thought he had he got another good game. There was a there was a free kick at one point around near half time, which was a decent attempt, but he did some good goalkeeping there. Yeah, um, I thought he had a good game, but. Yeah, I think yeah, it has to be Honeyman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just thought Honeyman, after being relatively quiet against Shrewsbury, was his ability to just cover every blade of grass. Every blade of grass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he tends to you see him break up play, and then there's like a couple of passes made, and they play it down the line, and they've played it to him. He's a, he just tends to be um, always him. That, that he, yeah, he's going to be my player of the season, I think. I think he will be oh, our player of the season. I think he's already won that. I think regardless yeah. of what happens in the next few games, he's already won that. And then and then I think Wilkes would have been my place to improve. Yeah. For the second game in a row, which is unfortunate. But in the grand scheme of things, so we've got two draws. Probably should have got a win at least in one of them. But like we said, wasting chances is always going to come back and bite you on the ass if you don't, you know see games out and yeah you got teams like Sunderland and Peterborough now picking up some good form Peterborough absolutely smashed Accrington 7-0 yesterday worth mentioning so have you put... seen have you seen the highlights of that game I have not a Sunday league team would defend better than Accrington did in that game this is weird as well because Accrington were, were, yeah, were in form at one they're not far off the playoff I don't think they'll get it but they're not far away from them no so that puts Peterborough 
as top scorers in the league. I believe they've got a better goal difference than us now. Close. No, ours is still better, but it's uh, they've closed the gap. Yeah, they've got a game. Um, they've got one game in hand. Sunderland have got two. It's now um, we're on seventy points, goal difference of thirty-two. They're on sixty-nine points with a goal difference of twenty-eight. So there's four goals in it, and Sunderland are also on a goal difference of twenty-eight. So they're all close. Sunderland have got some tough games, though. I know they've got to play play Blackpool twice, who seems to be on fire. I think they're like 15 unbeaten. So that's a good thing. Do they have to play Peterborough, Sunderland? I'm sure they've got to play Peterborough still. They've got to play us, which is probably... They have got to play us. They've got to play us, Peterborough, and Blackpool twice. So if Sunderland are going to go up, they're going to... If they end up going up as champions, they've deserved it if they've come out of them four games with, you know, something to boast about. Um, Yeah. Sunderland have only lost five games as well. I think that's worth yeah. pointing out. Yeah, the next team is us and Peterborough with 10. So they've lost yeah, like so half as many as anyone else. And Blackpool actually have only lost 10 They don't tend to well. lose. So we've got our work cut out for us, I think. Um, going into the next game against Crew. then, who do you start? Eves has scored, he played well. Do you keep him in the side? Do you bring White back in? Drop Wilkes? Do you stick McGuinness back in? It is a tough one because McGuinness will be back. It's probably the hardest one to predict this season, to be honest. Um, but is it a bit mad to drop Eves when he's finally started and got that, a goal? That's it. It's like, but at the same time, I think we are better with McGinnis up front. I think, um, think McCann personally will start Eves. Yeah, I, I would probably guess Eves would start again with McGinnis on the bench, and they'd probably do a. He'd probably bring McGinnis on at some point. It might. I I imagine it'd be the same side. Because obviously Burke's missing for two weeks. Smallwood's still not back. So depends, Slater, you'd it imagine. On, it depends on Jones. Because um, there was a concussion. Oh, yeah. I don't, know Jones if, got an injury. It, and I don't know what's happened with that. But I know... McCann, I McCann said to Burnsy that he's got... They think he'll be fine, but he might have to do a five-day um, concussion Perfect. something. Yeah. So, he might if he's all right at the end of that... And if he is an issue, then I would imagine... Sean McLaughlin. McLaughlin, yeah. He'll go into the centre-back position, I think, with Greavesy. But he might be fine, to be fair. He might be fine, he goes straight. And if he is fine, he will start. Yeah. So I think White McGuinness, if anything, will probably come back and be on the bench. I would probably start White ahead of Wilkes at the minute, but you can't drop your top scorer, can you? Yeah, it's It's a frustrating one because he's... It's like when we had Grzycki. It was like, you can't really drop him, but half the time he's yeah. not showing up. It can be a passenger for four games in a row, but then he, he scores and gets two assists in one game. And then, it, it, yeah, it is, it is a weird and frustrating one. I think KLP looks like he's really, really hungry for success at the minute. Maybe a bit too eager. Probably needs to calm down in front of the goal a bit. Um, I, I would say, and I've said it before actually on here, I do think KLP wasn't from Hull. He'd be getting a lot more stick. But I don't think you see, you'd argue that maybe players because people have been saying the same about Greaves, but at the end of the day, like I, I don't necessarily think that's true. I just think the likes for Eves, for example, fans just respond to what is the norm with them players. So, Eves, for example, when we since we signed him, he's not been the greatest. So, amongst the fan base, he gets labeled as. Not very good. So whenever he starts, even if he does well, or if he comes on as a 
10 minutes sub and he hasn't scored, he gets scapegoated because that's who he is and that's who he is to the fans. Whereas KLP, because he started the season so well, grieves another one because... I mean, the thing is, is you look at their, their overall performances, they are they are playing well. Yes, they need to score more goals, but I think everyone will call out anyone who misses easy chances. I mean, Wilkes, I will always call out he's not from all, for example. I, just, I don't know. I just think we're maybe looking a bit too much into that one. Um, not saying the entire fan base, but I, I, do, I have noticed a lot of people are like that in the fan who are like... Yeah, maybe. They'll, they'll, they'll slag off someone for something, but the moment Greaves or... KLP or Coyle or someone like that does the same thing. They're not as vociferous. And I, I personally think that, that you shouldn't be that bad to the, the other person in the first place. But if you're going to be like that to someone, surely it's fair to be like that to them all when they do the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I mean, <laughs> I to be fair, there is probably a hint of favouritism. Yeah, I can like, get that. The Eve's criticism understandable at times but sometimes it's just fucking nasty too far and i mean yeah this is this is kind of hypocritical because we're quite i've been quite vocal about the manager quite a bit but if you see this is where it's different i've realized now, i was being a prat with some of the things i was saying yeah um, no you see but there's, there's a difference you can you, you can vote there's a difference between being critical on social media and saying that this isn't good this needs to change etc that's fine the one line that you don't cross is personally tagging them people. There's a, yeah, there's um, a difference between criticism and abuse. And I think some people yeah. forget there's a difference and blame Tagging that person much. directly, like Eve Zormacan, for example, and saying, you're absolutely wank, or there's some, there's some people who have even threat violence, for example. Yeah, that's a bit too far. But being justifiably critical where it's entirely, you know correct in most of the terms is is fine by me like yeah. i'll go out and, i'm not mccann's biggest fan but i also don't agree with anybody who tweets him directly and calls him a twat yeah um, but it's like you know, there's, there's a difference between criticism and a, criticism and abuse and people need to learn there's a difference between that yeah and, they still represent our club at the end of the day as much as like you know we're not mccann's fan he's not going anywhere so no, you know tweeting him personally is not going to make him go oh yeah no to be fair I'm off. See you later, guys. It's not going to work because, you know, even if you do it to a player, the only the only thing you're doing is harming um, your own club more. Like, if you tweet Eves directly, call him a knobhead and say he's shit as fuck, then his confidence is probably going to get pagged more and you're not going to see the best of him because you're not giving him the chance to. If you keep constantly batting him down, you know, when, when they're trying to get back up there, then you personally are contributing to the constant toxicity little whirlpool we found ourselves in in the last few years mm. which probably is always you know the blames at the top it starts with the owners and it comes down but that they've managed to find us a, a way that the hate leaks from the top down and we, we sort of vent our anger in other places so you know maybe if we're going to voice any sort of anger or um, rage anywhere it needs to be towards them too um, in the sense of, uh, you know, further protests or whatever you want to do to, to say, well, to try and coax them into selling the club, I can't believe. I think, personally, that this whole COVID situation has probably prevented them from selling us as a League One club. I thought they'd sell us this year, but I'll go out on record now and say I didn't once believe that he would go. But you can't say that Skybet did not have him as a favourite at one point. So, 
it is a topic that then the prolonging of this epidemic, I think no one's buying a football club, are they? Especially not one like us. Yeah, unless they're a, they're a club like in serious trouble like Wigan, no one's buying one. Yeah. Um, so speaking of McCann not leaving, the Preston rumours. Now they are just rumours, but what are your yes. thoughts on the fact that he is getting linked with other clubs? Um, I'll go out on record now and say I didn't once believe that he would go. Um. But you can't say that Skybet did not have him as a favourite at one point. So it is a topic that then probably is worth addressing at some point. If he was to leave, I think it's at a stage now where we're too far into the season where I actually didn't want him to, to go. I would, wouldn't mind him leaving in summer. But given how far we are into the season and the, and the form that we found ourselves in, it, I honestly believe they would do more harm than good for him to leave and you know have to learn a new system, um, probably chop and change some players in, in other places and stuff. I just think it would probably derail what has become a title charge um, exactly. when a few weeks yeah. ago we didn't think that was going to happen. You pretty much said what I thought and I would point straight away to Darren Moore um, yeah. who... Left Doncaster while they were in good form. Actually, I think they'd started getting a bit rocky, but they were still in a very good position. They were still up there, challenging with us and Lincoln and Sunderland. The leaves, they've dropped like a stone, really, in comparison to where they were. And he's gone to a club, and he's just not done anything there. I think he's actually gone to a worse club than the one he was at. I think Doncaster are a better position than Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. It's, it's one of them. I, I, I don't think for one second he was going to go. I didn't think well, he should go. Disruption, I think, yeah, at this point. Absolutely. Like you said, I can see him going in the summer if he wants to go. I could, I could see if a club came in for him, possibly going. But I think at this point in time, before the season's end, it's just never not happening. Unless something horrible happens behind the scenes, he's not leaving the club. Yeah. I'd be indifferent, to be fair. If he left in summer... If he was to leave, I wouldn't be bothered. If he stays or goes, either way. If he wins a title or even promotion, just like as a minimum, he probably deserves a crack at, at, at well, another attempt at the championship. But if he was to go, I also wouldn't be bothered because I'm not going to pretend I'm his, his biggest fan. I'm really not. I think he lacks yeah. in a lot of areas, probably, well, which is due yeah. to him being quite an inexperienced you, manager. You could argue that the only reason he's had a, a League One promotion season is because he... Fucked up so badly last season. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I genuinely believe it wasn't one hundred percent him, but he was a major factor. I think, I think the whole COVID situation saved his job. I think in a normal circumstance, he probably got sacked. I don't think he had wanted to pay any more money than he needed to. Well, yeah, if 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 the crowds had been there, even if he had been sacked, it would have been a lot more toxic. Yeah. Speaking of crowds in stadiums, I've just watched Israel Scotland in a, in front of a full stadium. That was weird. You want to watch Aussie rules football like I do? It's <laughs> full, full stadiums. It's just I hate it seeing it from a distance. So um, we've had all these away days that we couldn't go to this season that stadiums not been to. Ah no, yeah, we've 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 we've, we've missed out on quite a good a little ground tick season. I think a lot of them old fashioned. Terrace 
away ends would have been. I was, and some of the new stadiums, like I would have really, I was really looking forward to the idea of going to Plough Lane. Yeah. Um, Wimbledon, and that would have been a great one because we won three 0 and it was a great day. It was a bright sunshine. Would have been a great yeah. piss up day that. Yeah, we've not been very good away from home the last few years. Notoriously bad. And then this season, uh, this season we've had a great away season, and it's just sod's law that it ends up being the season that we can't actually go to any of the away games. So, yeah. Um, so what? So we've got crew on Friday, and then we've got Northampton, Northampton on, Monday. on Monday. Easter Easter weekend football. Six points minimum. Do we think? I would say we need four points minimum. Um, but we should get. We should really look. Crew of fourteenth, Northampton of twentieth. But well, in the in the in the in the well in the scale of. How Sunderland and Peterborough are breathing down our necks. Do you we think need four to win six. Enough? We need to win six points, but I would say four minimum. Um, you can't go lower than four points. Yeah, if we, I think if you want to be challenging for the title, then um, six points is a must. Four points probably acceptable enough if you're just trying to get into the top two. Like I said, Sunderland have got a lot of tough games, and with Sunderland and Peterborough playing each other, one of and... them's going to. They've, they're playing more frequently than we are. But I, here's yeah. what I'm saying. We seem to have drifted a bit as we've got more time between games. Yeah, I think Bernsey asked McCann a question, which I thought was quite interesting. Do you think the fact that we're not playing Saturday, Tuesday anymore and we've got more time between games has sort of ruined the momentum Before, we had? Yeah. It could, it could have done because they were so used to playing so regularly. But I imagine you can... I imagine you could replicate that in training, that sort of... Yeah. Intensity. I mean, McCann's justification for it was, you know, that players get extended recovery time and there's less chance of injury game to game. But Yeah, there is. We'd won five on the bounce and then we've drawn two but since... I, I say, at the same time, that run's going to end at some point. It might just be coincidence. They probably We do tend to look too much into things as fans, don't we, to be fair? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't think there's anything left to... To talk about maybe uh, score predictions, what do you think for crew? 2 0 City. 2 um, 0 City? Yeah, just because it's got positive. Yeah. And then um, Northampton. It's funny because I said we need to get, actually, we should, I think we'll get four points, but I'm going to predict two 2 0 wins. Two 2 0 wins. I think I'm going to go with the tough 2 1 win at crew. I think they'll give us a good, they're not a bad side of crew. We they're saw not, that at the KCOM. I think it'll be. 2-1, because we, we tend to be quite good away from them. I'm confident in our ability. Um, Northampton at home, I think it's going to be a very similar to game, uh, very similar game to what we've just had. You know, they're going to come, they're going to be physical. It was like it was at their ground, you know, full of fouls, rough and tumble game. Yeah. Just whether or not our side's up to the... I do believe that we need six points. I think anything less than the title might just be our reach, given the form and then below us. Up to mixing it with them. Sunderland match between us two could end up being the title decider, which will be... Yeah, I do think at the moment, based on how it currently is, whoever win, if anyone wins that, they're winning the league. Yeah. If not, just getting promotion as a minimum. Um, so, tough couple of games. I do believe that we'll get, a, get two wins. I think we've got enough in us to do it. I think Northampton are a rough side, but we've got more than enough quality in this side to dispose of them. Um, they're in relegation trouble, aren't they? So, 
it's one of them. It's a banana skin. We're City fans. We won't be uh, surprised if we lost 1-0 without a shot on target. But I'm going to say 2-1 against Crew. I'm going to go with a quietly confident 3-0 win at home to Northampton. I think we'll just, I think we'll bin them. Would be nice. Yeah. Um, so with that then, uh, is there anything else that you want to add? I can't think of anything. Um, I'll probably no. think of some of when we finish the pod. Yeah. Um, so if anybody, as usual, if you want to get in touch with us, you know our Twitter handle. If not, it's at Hull underscore and underscore back. Uh, you'll see us about on Facebook, Twitter. Mine's at North Graves. Yours is at William Young 95. Correct, Amanda. Uh, yes. So you can get in touch with any of us if you want us to talk about something in particular. You just want to give us some thoughts. If you want to join Fan Hub, do keep your eyes out. We do get given some golden ticket codes every now and again. Uh, we've got over 100 City fans on there now, so it would be nice if you want to come join the party. Uh, and like I said, FIFA Factory, and if any any of you want to get in touch or find out more about that, same same Twitter handles, either get in touch with me and I'll direct you to where you need to be. Uh, but thanks for listening, guys, again, uh, and we will see you next Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.